1: My
0: hello everyone and welcome to not just blowing smoke coming at you live from twin smoke shop studio headquarters in hooks at new hampshire be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching us live on facebook or youtube if you're listening after the fact hit that button on whatever service you get the podcast from whether it's itunes uh google iHeartRadio, spotify wherever you get your podcast from make sure you hit that uh subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing i'm pastor padrone i'm here with my fellow co-hosts pat and dave and uh We are starting off the show smoking this, relatively new to uh, twins, right? This is the uh, Rojas Statement Toro. It is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Nicaraguan binder filler, and it is a 6 by 50 ring gauge cigar. And uh, Mr. Rojas uh, maxes out his cigar size at 50 ring gauge. He does not do larger ring gauges. They are 50 or smaller. And we are pairing that tonight with uh, Buffalo Trace. Yeah, baby. A very rare, hard-to-find uh, bourbon that uh, is under 30 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. 27 And, and I want to talk about, you know, is it, you know, I know that everybody wants it. It's never there. When it comes in, it flies off the shelf, you know. But uh, how does it really stack up? Is it worth looking for? Is it worth hunting for and uh just as importantly, does it go with the Rojas statement here um you're you've you're kind of a Rojas guy
2: Pat. yeah I'd say so
0: yeah um what do you know about the the statement here other than the um uh stuff that I just read off anything at all?
2: Interesting backstories, not really like mm-hmm. I kind of echoed it last week. Um, Noel Rojas, again, I think it was um, a little over 10 years ago. It could be a little bit longer. He um, used to live in Cuba. Then he mm. snuck out of Cuba on a raft. I think it was like at like 2 a.m. And then he ended up landing in Florida. And that's kind of where he started his kind of brand oh, and kind of getting in the industry. Parallel um, to
0: Hamlet, huh? That way? So yeah, you know, or Hamlet...
2: Did? did Hamlet escape, or did he... He did. He did. Yeah, he so he told
0: them he was going on vacation and never came back.
2: <laughs> yeah, so this case, like, Noel actually, like, took a... Like, he he went on a raft and just escaped Cuba. Mm. So, and then I just know that all of his... At least
0: Hamlet actually used his vacation time and spent his own money. Yeah. And flew to Canada.
2: The, the only thing that I don't know about Rojas that I kind of wish I did is why every cigar that he makes is like like you're proving something like the statement, the unfinished mm-hmm. business king of the small gauge with the exception of the street tacos obviously which to my knowledge that has to do with I think they had street tacos and that was some big thing in Florida for him mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. made a cigar based on street taco
0: but to go with the taco?
2: I don't know if it was a go with I just think it's like they just thought you know Let's like it, street taco. it's almost like Kurt with the gagger like yeah. he was in Philadelphia when he released the 1874, and there was hot dog dishes called gaggers. So there was the gagger. You know, I think it's just probably the same deal. The street taco. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about that story. Mm-hmm. It's weird how that hot dogs. came up. Hot Yep. So we're pairing it with the Buffalo Trace here. What are the first impressions of the cigar and the pairing? What are you guys? What are you guys picking up so far? it's really rich um
3: it's got a lot of i would say like a hickory kind of cocoa to it a hickory kind of cocoa
0: Mm. interesting yeah i can dig that though anything else dave a little a little (laughs) um
3: some earth and leather there a very mild spice um and I think I think the Buffalo Trace, is, um, you know, it's got, like, this nice, woody spice to it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to pair
0: wonderful with this. What kind of things do you pick up off the statement?
2: So, with a lot of Rojas's cigars, I feel like it... Like, a lot of the wrappers, he brings out different nuances. So, typically, like, your San Andres is, like, cocoa, like, mm-hmm. really spice-forward, a little bit of sweetness. Yep. But with all the rojas i've smoked it has one of those notes more pronounced so on the statement a guy smoked the um the first one i had was a lancero and then the toro and i don't think i had the robusto mm-hmm. but they all have like they really shine that sweetness from the san andreas which mm-hmm. typically i mean again sweetness is there but it's not that prominent mm. flavor right so it always it brings that sweetness forward you get that coconut, it kind of like Mingles with the sweetness, so you get kind of like that chocolate syrupy kind of sweetness. And the interesting thing about San Andreas that some people don't know is that it's actually a stock cut tobacco for the mm. most part. Mm. And if you just look at the wrapper, like it's very dark. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a nice thick wrapper. It's not quite oily. It's kind of like a chalky kind of.
0: Yeah, it's got a flat texture. Kind of a flat sheen to it.
2: But I mean, it looks like yeah, it's, it's bumpy, double fermented from mm-hmm. the shade that it has, and it, it's just really good. It's definitely wrapper forward. I think that's why the king of the small gauge, mm-hmm. right? Like you get a lot more of that wrapper when you're smoking his products. But even like some of the fillers, like again, like I should have fact checked it from last week because I tried talking about it. But he uses one strand of tobacco from Nicaragua that I don't think's present in any other cigars that I'm aware of on the market. I forget mm-hmm. what the region is though. But it's just the, since he's blending for the small gauge, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more tentative, uh, tentativeness to what he's blending. What and do you mean by
0: tentativeness?
2: It's because he, he's blending more for the flavor of the cigar, not mm. really for the market, right? So okay. he's doing all small gauge cigars, limits himself to a 50 gauge, where if you have, like, for instance, like, not saying that all the larger cigars aren't blended for the palate, but when you look at your like larger market cigars, like 60, 70, 80, a lot of that's kind of a novelty or it's kind mm-hmm. of a budget. You have a lot more filler tobacco in there just to right. kind of get that mass up. So I think when you limit yourself to a smaller gauge, there's less leaves you can utilize in the blend. So there's more of a purpose behind each of those leaves that they select in the filler.
0: Yeah, so you have to be much more intentional about what goes inside, much more picky about the quality of the grade. Yeah, which is
2: why, like, the Lancero is, like, the stereotype in the Corona for what the manufacturers actually smoke. I know, like, mm. Rocky Patel, I'm aware that he smoke. he blends with the Corona, mm-hmm. right? So it's just, you have to utilize the right tobacco to make that batola work. Mm-hmm. So I think the smaller the gauge you get, the more, I guess, master thought is required to make that blend really speak as intended.
0: Well, that leads right into the next logical question here. You know, here in the United States, um, the best-selling size is the Toro, and the Toro, at its smallest, is a 50 ring gauge. Typically, it's a 52, 54, 56 is not really on that com- on all that uncommon. It's a lot of 56s now. You know, so uh, intentionally going small gauge in a U.S. big gulp super big gulp market that's like a going off in a completely different direction than what's popular right now right what what is the the value or you know what is the um what's the merit i guess is the word i'm looking for of a small ring gauge cigar
2: I think it goes to kind of what I was speaking to about, like, the purpose behind the blending. I think Mm -hmm. it it takes a more adequate master blender to actually make that vitola work. And again, like, Noel came from Cuba, so, Mm -hmm. you know, look at the old school cigars. Like, a Robusto, honestly, a 50-gauge for a Robusto was, like, on the larger side of the classic Cuban sizes. They were, like, typically, like, I'd say 48 around. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that. The value in it is again the cigar is blended for the flavor and the palate. It's not necessarily blended to catch your eye on the shelf, right? Like mm. in the market that we're in currently, a lot of people, especially the experience being at Twins, look for, you know, they, they you know how much an inch, right? Like mm-hmm. how how much a dollar <laughs> amount per inch, right? So, you know, when you look at a a line of cigars, you could have like the Robusto. It's a good thing
0: Bobby isn't here. It's using
2: like arbitrary numbers, like you have like the Robustos, $5, the Toros, $7, and then the Gordos, $8. Mm-hmm. But you look at it, and even it's a $2 difference, but the Gordo looks like it's double the tobacco than the yep. Robusto. So they look at it like it's more of a budget, I can smoke it longer. So I think the value at having the smaller gauge, obviously it's blended more for the performance of the cigar, not necessarily for... A bang for the buck. Not right. to say that there's not larger ring gauge cigars that, like, I, Sokka, for instance, blends in the larger ring gauge. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we talked about Sokka last week. He, right. He's doing great stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the merit behind the smaller ring gauge is if you're someone who's smoking for the cigar and not just, you, you don't have any other preferences mm-hmm. on, you know, how much, what you're getting for your money. Right. I think it has more benefits than if you got a larger cigar that's just flooded with filler tobacco Mm. flooded
0: i remember you know back before i was uh back in the cigar retail business um i was supporting the cigar retail business you know as a uh full-time pastor and i was you know my number one question looking for a cigar was was I want a cigar that's going to last me a couple hours. I want a cigar that's going to last me an hour and a half. I want a cigar that's going to, you know, help me uh, drive out to New York or Connecticut or Florida even, mm-hmm. you know. And it really was kind of driven by the size of the cigar, thinking that, you know, I'd rather pay $10 for, the, uh, you know, a, a gate digger, digger yeah. than, you know, $6 for a Corona because the digger was going to maximize my time. Now that I've been back in the business for the last uh, number of years, my um, rationale has almost completely reversed. I would much rather have a couple of smaller ring gauge cigars, Corona size or Corona Gorda. Those are kind of my go-tos right now. Mm-hmm. Then... Get the one big huge and have a variety digger, you know. Or like well, to, even if it's you know, the, even if it it it's the same cigar, yeah. I'd re- I think that there's more complexity and more more of an experience in the smaller ring gauge, right? And you're That's actually not getting true
3: more ac- of an experience out of like you know a better tasting, more focused product than mm-hmm. something that just gives you time.
0: That's not true, you know. Totally across the board, to Pat's point, yeah. You know, um, I think Saka's, you know, for instance, his Tricky Trucker, you know 764 which is a full inch you know thick you know is a great tasting cigar you know so but i i do think that um you do have to really know what you're doing to blend a uh tasty balanced nuanced small ring gauge cigar mm-hmm.
2: yeah and i think that's one of the to me the big novelty of being a manufacturer that limits themselves to the small gauge because i'll even use padermo as an example
1: mm-hmm.
2: right very high highly recognized and noticeable brand it's very prestigious in the industry it's one of the top selling cigars i know at pca i think they ha- i think they had the largest booth this year really? a lot of people condensed booths but mm-hmm. um they like a, a the Epicure, which is a Toro, I think is like a 54, 56. It's it's a yeah. All of their cigars are larger cigars, mm-hmm. and you look at well, why are you doing that? Is because they're known for their construction. So mm-hmm. I think when you're blending in that bigger vitola, it's easier to kind of like I, I mean I don't know how they roll the cigars. I'm not gonna act like i I work for Podermo, but I, I know that they do entrabato which we've mm-hmm. talked about what that is in the past. Entrobato, you roll yeah. every filler leaf individually in little scrolls. You bunch it and you do it. So I think. What I think they do is they roll it the intro bottle a little bit wider and then they bunch it and then it's a larger cigar and it's better <laughs> yield for the dry whatever but I think if you're if you limit yourself to fifty and below like Rojas is doing, it takes a lot of skill for that consistency, even look mm. at what padron does again like they i they they just released their first sixty gauge um the ninety five or ninety six yeah, the ninety five the ninety five again. I would argue, like, I don't smoke big gauge cigars, but that was a really good cigar. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but it, it, Padron's another brand that's known for, like, you know, do one thing, do it well. And for the most part, they stay in that smaller gauge. Right. So I think that even Fuente, for the most part, they, they kind of stay in that smaller gauge. I mean, they have super 60, but I don't think they have There's anything not that above
0: many. a 60. Right. So, yeah. Tatuahe, you know, the Grand Kahunu, C- but it's only that one thing. He's yeah. not doing other sixty ring gauge
2: yeah, stuff. The other part of the equation too is like the purpose behind why people smoke cigars, right? So mm-hmm. you look at the humidor and you have people that come in and you know they, they want to go have smokes and mow their lawn, the snow blow, maybe <laughs> they get like twenty something minutes between work that they want to smoke something quick. So a lot mm-hmm. of those factors decides whether or not they're gonna get a petit corona, a gordo yeah. A yardstick being, like, you know, maybe a Churchill, which I, a lot of the Churchills that I think people buy nowadays is for yardsticks because it, mm-hmm. it lasts, right? So. so yardstick think,
0: meaning a stick that you're going to smoke while you walk yeah, in your yard.
2: Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> so, I think, like, when you have a brand that is solely a small-gauge cigar, mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of targeting
0: that more fishing auto market. Yeah, more of the connoisseur.
2: Like, I know the unfinished business we carry... At Twins, like he he makes a Corona, and it's like a very traditional like Cuban Corona. It's small, mm-hmm. and I think it's like <laughs> six seven bucks. Mm-hmm. There's some people that probably look at that thing, unless they it's like an in between workshop, they won't even try it, right? But someone like me, that was the first one I smoked because I'm like the Corona is going to be the truest of the blend in my opinion. Mm. So there's a lot of factors that go. There's no right or wrong way to do it, you know. No. Yep, smoke to your palate. It goes into the winter, too. People like the larger gauge because they burn cooler, and when you're outside, you know, it's there's a lot of factors that go into it, obviously. But. Right.
0: Now, the nickname, you know, King of the Small Gauge, KSG, do you think that, well, A, do you know if that uh, nickname was self-given or given to him?
2: So that I don't know, um I'm gonna say, based on the line with the kind of proving something names, maybe it was just kind of self given but mm-hmm. you know I, I that's being lay on the topic I don't maybe it was given to him, but I think if I mean I don't know any well, he's,
0: other he's definitely owned it either way, yeah, like I, he's I don't on think, the box,
2: yeah, I don't think that. Any other brand that I can think of is limiting themselves to a 50. Right. So I think that no, the fact that he's doing that. he's the only one that, I know
0: that's intentionally doing that.
2: Yeah, the fact that he's doing that, I think I don't really have an issue with him making that assertion.
0: Well, that leads right to my next question. Is it, is it a legitimate title? Would you say he is the king of the small gauge?
2: Subjectively, it's, it's, I mean, it's tough because, again, like, I haven't had any issues with any of his cigars, but I have had people that have smoked the king of the small gauge mm-hmm. that the cigar was snug and tight and wasn't burning sufficiently. So I think if you assert that name on a line of your cigars and it's not, you know... It it doesn't pass quality control. Like Mm -hmm. with with someone, you know, I I think it's it could be a detriment, but you know, from my experience with him, I'm okay with giving him that title just because he's limited himself to it. I've smoked a fair amount of his line and I haven't had any issues. Like even this cigar here. It's a little bit of a snug it's like it's like a Cuban draw, I'll call it. Like it's not I like open, but this is what I think most of your smokers would want. Like it's impossible to smoke it too fast and get like that pointy tip mm-hmm. because it's it's packed just enough that it's kind of like pacing the smoker and then you're also getting a sufficient amount of smoke when you're drawing Something's going
0: on with your voice in my ear. Mm. Is that <clears> I don't hear it. You hear me okay?
2: Yeah, it could be your wire or something.
0: Yeah. All right. Are you hearing me all right, Dave? I, I hear you fine, dude. Be be watching the comments. Um yeah, you'll
3: find on the board.
0: All right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you another question. This this goes into the uh, Pastor Pedrone cigar confession. One of my favorite things is uh, cigar dinners. We're actually kind of doing one uh, this Friday at Twins. We're doing the uh, Drew Estate Ultimate Tailgate Party. That event has uh, sold out. Yeah, baby. I'm very happy to say. Thanks, to Pat. And, uh, yeah, Pat did a great job. Almost, uh, well, let's... 36 tickets? 36 of the 50-plus 50 50. tickets. I think I was number two. But I'm all right. Um, You know, but I have had people say... I'm not going to do your cigar dinner because you can't smoke and eat at the same time. And I don't understand that at all. Now, I can understand not stuffing your face with a burger and then taking a puff on your cigar at the same time. But I've had people, multiple people say, I don't go to dinners because... You eat or you smoke. You don't do both. It's after dinner, you have a cigar. Before dinner, you have a cigar. But not during dinner, you have a cigar. And so it would be really interesting if we, you know, especially with people who might be listening to do kind of an informal poll here, what people think. Do you think that you can enjoy a cigar while you're eating dinner or not? And, you know, maybe even if so, what are your favorite dinners to have or th- foods to have while you're smoking a cigar? So what do you say, Pat? I mean, do you think there is something just wrong with enjoying a cigar while you're having dinner?
2: Um, I mean, I'd say no. I, it depends on the entree. Like I think like a pasta dinner like something acidic based is mm-hmm. something that you would not want to smoke a cigar with. We're going to make a but. poll. What do you want the question to be, Dan?
0: And the poll is, the poll question is, <clears throat> can you enjoy a cigar during dinner or only before or after dinner? So in other words, I'm not talking about taking a bite of steak and then while it's in your mouth, sucking on your cigar. But take a bite, finish, to have a drink, take a puff, go get another bite. That kind of a thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess my, my thing is, like, if you have, like, a really nice steak dinner, I think, like, I do think you can pair a cigar with food, right? But, you know, like, I mean, we saw at the um the Ashton dinner that we had. Was that for St. Patrick's Day, right? Was that Ashton?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like uh, to me, corned beef went well with the cabinet that we paired for the did, entree yep. because it, you know it's like a little bit salty, it's savory, mm-hmm. it's, and then it goes really well with that cedar note that comes out of the ashen cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that is something you can do, but I, I think when it comes to an event like we're putting on with a dinner, I think that somebody that is ruling it out solely for the fact that they can't correlate eating with smoking a cigar, that they're not doing it the right way. Like, uh, the thing
0: with cigars... These are same people can't walk and chew gum at the same yeah. time, do you think? The, the thing
2: with cigars is that it's something that you can use to complement an activity. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you don't necessarily, especially at the tailgate, you don't have to eat when you're smoking. You can go and get your food between smoking. It's the fact that you're with people at an event under a brand talking about that brand sharing those experiences and then the food's something that's there Like, for mm-hmm. instance like you go out you wanna go drinking one night you know people usually go out to eat before they go drinking mm-hmm. right so it's not like it, it's two separate activities but the thing with cigars I think cigars go really well with mm-hmm. dinner because at dinner people sit together they, they have conversation uh, I'll give Saka a shout out the sober Mesa mm-hmm. that's actually Nicaraguan and that's what th- they do after they eat dinner They have a sober mesa, which is when they sit at the dinner table after they eat and they talk. Mm -hmm. So, it's a cigar complements that camaraderie you have when you're eating. So, Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to rule out an event because you're collating it with having like a hot dog in one hand and a cigar in the other, it's wrong. But it's also like there is food that you can pair a cigar with. So, it's really just kind of based on... Your thought on it, but I I don't think you should be ruling it out. The only thing that I wouldn't have with a cigar is probably like something acidic-based, but like like pasta or like pasta, you know, tomato sauce, pizza. I don't know. Although Dave might disagree with the pizza one, but
0: well, Dave, what do you think?
1: Hmm?
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was making the poll.
0: <laughs> do you think you can eat a dinner? And enjoy a cigar yes. at the same time. Yes. Why? Yes.
3: Of course, because we've done it. Of course,
0: <laughs> because we've done it. <laughs> that's, 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 that's well, I know Where's it's physically possible, possible, Dave. But is, yeah. it is. I it enjoyed
3: enjoyable. it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, having a cigar, eating, you know, you know, it's almost so another pairing. People pair with foods. People pair with drinks. People, you know, pair with teas. People pair with milkshakes. I mean, so of course you can. It's part of the. It's part of the experience. You know, mm. that's how I look at it.
0: How do you think, uh, Pat, the statement is pairing with the uh, Buffalo Trace?
2: So the first thing I noticed was that the um, Buffalo Trace, has, similarly to the statement, has like a really like s- kind of sweetness-forward profile. Mm-hmm. It does have a little bit of, I'm going to say, like a timid kind of red pepper. It's like that earthy kind of pepper. Mm-hmm. And then you get like that kind of oak wood flavor on the finish with a little bit of like vanilla caramel. So with this statement, it's pronouncing that sweetness that's already very apparent on the cigar, but it's also kind of helping those other like flavors from the San Andreas to kind of sit in the back to move forward a little bit. So on the finish, you're getting more of that kind of cedar note from the cigar. You're getting more of that like little bit of that kind of San Andreas like black pepper mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you like a a very very mild floral kind of vanilla sweetness that I, that comes from the bourbon on the finish as
1: definitely well.
0: definitely picked that up myself dave i saw you smoke the glass earlier what did you uh, pick up from doing that <laughs> or remember. were you just kind of doing it
3: i did it and i enjoyed it but now the, uh, the thoughts have gone <laughs>
0: I'll
1: have to mm. do it again
0: I definitely think it heightens the sweetness of the of the buffalo trace uh, i also think it brings forward some of those cocoa notes in the cigar the uh vanilla notes in the um bourbon and the chocolate notes in the uh, uh cigar i think really complement each other i th- I think this is a really really good pairing well, yeah yeah uh, and, you know, I totally agree with you, too. There's that kind of almost like a little bit of a red pepperish kind of, you know, uh, spice in the Buffalo Trace. And that also is very, you know, complementary with the uh, cocoa notes in the uh, San Andreas wrapper here.
3: I get a burst of caramel from the smoked
0: glass. From the smoked glass. What else do you get, Dave? And then I, I, to me, it it
3: brings out the the sweetness of the cigar, makes it very very creamy.
0: Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. I think the creaminess of the cigar, especially the finish, is uh, ramped up with the Buffalo Trace. Would you agree with that too, Pat? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. All right. So, <clears throat> what are the final thoughts here then? on the cigar and the pairing this is something that's relative how how is this is this a cigar we've had to um reorder you know in the in the humidor i believe we have yeah
2: yeah i think we've probably reordered all of our house right mm-hmm. i know the street tacos and The street
0: tacos are like a just, runaway hit yep.
2: like i haven't yep. seen all three sizes in stock together since we got them mm. and um yeah,
3: those toros are amazing
2: no i mean they, they've been selling very well i mean The only thing that we haven't had is a KSG because that's a limited run. Right, right. So what we got is kind of what we got. I think we have maybe one box of those left. Mm. What's cool is,
3: like, if we don't have the Toros, people will buy the Robustos. If we don't have the Robustos, people will buy the Toros. It doesn't matter. As long as there's something, they'll buy it. You know, that's what I've noticed from my customers.
0: Of the street tacos. Of the street tacos, yeah. Yeah.
2: This thing, too, is everything he does is, with the exception of the KSG, is kind of like an under $10 smoke.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really nice, too. It's very, it's very refreshing to have cigars come into the store that are not, like, in that 12 to 14 to $16 What's price What's the price range? point on this?
2: This one's probably, like, maybe 8 9 bucks, right? Wow, yeah. But it's not even just, like, a couple cigars. Like the whole line mm-hmm. is comfortably kind of under that $10 range.
3: I, I had pegged this for, like, a $12 cigar.
2: Oh, this is yep. amazing. <clears throat> nope. I think it just speaks to when you have a smaller Vitola... Mm-hmm. You can get like you almost think that it's should be more money because of what you're getting out of it.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I really enjoy. It. Alexiano's it, great at that. It's it's not as dark and rich as it looks, but it's very flavorful. Mm. Um, yeah, it's probably I
3: mean, like a medium body, but full flavored.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, I think of like uh, what we did a, f- a few weeks ago, the um, the bishops blend. Mm-hmm you know, by Black Label, just about a maybe a shade or two darker than this, but that was a real full-body, kicky-in-the-pants kind of flavor. And if you're thinking this looks, you know, a similar kind of dark to that cigar, this is going to be really kicky-in-the-face kind of flavor. It's not. It's very balanced. It's very nuanced. It's very pleasant. The flavors are are there and very enjoyable and i think would go with a lot of different things whether it's a cocktail or the the straight bourbon here um but uh it's not near as scary as a cigar as it might look judging by the darkness of the wrapper and just uh, you know another you know uh, i think another uh example of how a you know a, a dark cigar doesn't necessarily mean one that the person who's really into more mild to medium couldn't smoke. Would you agree with that, Pat? I I don't think this is a cigar that could really turn a lot of people off.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I I use Ashton Mm -hmm. as an example, but like the Ashton Classic and then the Classic Maduro, Mm -hmm. it's the same wrapper. It's just the Maduro's fermented longer. It's like the sugars of the tobacco come out, and it darkens the wrapper. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't get stronger, it gets richer.
0: Right. of so, uh, the sweetness comes out.
2: Like, I think that a lot of cigars out there that use those... Because when you get a stronger cigar, you need a richer wrapper. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, it's because of the filler. It's right. not because of the wrapper. So I think that's a huge misconception that sometimes works in the favor because, again, like... Your more lajaro forward filler blends are going to use a richer wrapper to kind of combat the fillers. Well, that's
3: but, why I like the, the point with LFT is like, you know, when you get the Maduro, that's like the lighter one. Where the natural is like, hello, Lajero, it's like unleashed, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because you don't have like that rich wrapper that's kind of masking the strength. Down, yeah. right. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like whenever... That's the perk of going to a smoke shop because mm-hmm. we can kind of guide people to a richer cigar that's not going to be a punch you in the cigar right so
0: we'll say face punch you in the face. face cigar. nothing we don't have to always go to the nether regions so to go back it's to not, not pole, game of thrones
3: <laughs> to go back to the pull, then uh Brad says he'll typically place the cigar down and finish his meal and then resume or relight if necessary but the holy discredit is abrupt in his mind uh, he goes on to say, if you're enjoying a cigar, I doubt smoke is an issue. So now it comes down to if you do or do not want to partake in two things at once.
2: That's coming from the guy that thinks the mozzarella sticks a cigar what he's eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Did anyone else, uh, is there anyone else there to, to talk about, no, it's, Dave, that's answered the poll right away? Uh, this will probably I know we have for a while. But... Right, yeah.
3: <clears throat> Uh, for one, we, uh, as far as I can tell, we have only one person saying yes. Mm. Okay. You know, however, it doesn't say uh, how many people have, have answered it. Okay. It just says yes is the only answer that's been selected. <laughs> Still working out the kinks. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Why don't we take a break now, then? Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we're going to look at something else. We're going to look at uh, Peterson's flake. Um, so great cigar great pairing let's see if the uh, buffalo trace also works with the pipe tobacco coming up next all right everybody we are back and we're back for the second segment of the show when we review our pipe tobacco Um, again if you are watching us live on uh, facebook or youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're uh, listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, spotify itunes google or wherever else you got this podcast from make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing i'm pastor padrone this is pat and dave my co-hosts here and now we are smoking this peterson flake it used to be dunhill flake but dunhill stopped making anything back in 2016 18 something like that and um Uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which had recently acquired the rights to Peterson's tobacco, uh, acquired the rights to continue making Dunhill's uh, blends under the Peterson banner. So the only thing that has changed between Dunhill and Peterson Flake is the label. They took off Dunhill and put Peterson. Otherwise, it's been the same people with the same tobacco making it for the last decade and a half or so so this is also one of the uh top uh uh, tobaccos sought after on the market today it is for instance on smokingpipes.com it's in their top 25 and you can only order so many tins of these a day because of how rare it is and i don't know about rare but i know that uh um, general cigar which now distributes this in the united states uh for um scandinavian tobacco group or you know scandinavian tobacco group owns general cigar so whatever however you want to look at it they recently moved their warehouse from virginia to uh bethlehem pennsylvania and man did that screw everything up Th- stuff has been uh behind and back ordered not because it's not made or brought into the U.S., not any COVID-related things, but it's just gotten lost in the shuffle between uh, moving stuff from Virginia to Pennsylvania, and this was one of those things. uh, I ordered that back in um, uh, the beginning of July, and it has just shown up in the back half of September because they couldn't find it in their thing. So there you go but uh, one of the top-selling tobaccos that's out there. This is also a straight Virginia flake. Um, It is lemon and bronze Virginia's. The back of the tin says, brown Virginia pipe tobacco pressed first, then delicately cut into fine slices. Mm. That is the description of it. Um, It's just a straight Virginia. There's no topping. It's a flake cut. And we are continuing to pair the Buffalo Trace. With this, I think the Buffalo Trace will go just as well with this as it it does with the pipe. Um, But now we have smoked uh, a number of different Virginias recently. We had the um, uh, uh, Crumble Cake Virginia from uh, uh, Sutliff. We did uh, McBaron Virginia Number 1 last week. We recently did uh, Carolina Red Flake which is the flagship um, uh, Virginia flake from Cornell and deal. So one of the things I want to ask as we go through this is comparing this to other Virginia flakes or Virginia blends that we've had in the past. How does this stack up and does it live up to the hype of things? Um, Dave, do you wanna start off talking sure. about what you're picking up from the uh tobacco here?
3: Well, this is unlike any Virginia I've had. This is very like campfirey, smoky. There really isn't that um, you know, like stone fruit sweetness that you like you get with the Carolina red flake. Mm-hmm. Um it's even a little salty, um, dare I say. Um and it's this is this is really good. I'm really hooked on this. I'm definitely gonna have to snag a tin of this because it's just so different from i'm just like appalled that there's no toppings or anything it's just a straight virginia and because of a different cut you get like that wholly different you know side of a virginia
0: yeah there are you know the virginia's for instance in carolina red flake are red virginias these are on the lighter side of that you know and the red virginias are more you know uh, full-bodied a little bit more sugar to them Mm -hmm. they these focus more on the citrusy kind of notes mm-hmm. to them. So it's a different kind of blend altogether. Um, I believe it was uh, called a, a medium brown flake when it was under Dunhill um, some years ago, anyway. This is another tobacco that's been out for years, decades. You know, it's started with Dunhill and, and gone from there. Now it's under the Peterson banner. Um, Pat, what do you think of this?
2: So I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable with pipe tobacco, so I might get a little bit sexy on this one.
1: Ooh,
2: Just going to go for it.
3: Turn me on,
1: Pat.
2: So <laughs> I'm getting, like, sourdough and fig mm-hmm. forward. They mm-hmm. kind of, like, mingle together. I'm getting a little bit of anise. There's, like, a little bit of, like, a brown pepper You're spice. you a smoking anise? What's anise? Anise. It's like oh, anise. 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 Not, not your anise? Not. Some Anise. Okay. That's and good. then followed, <laughs> I was thinking this before, you said lemon on the tin, mm-hmm. but I'm getting like this kind of like lemon citrus. And when I lit initially, strangely enough, it kind of reminded me of like an aroma of like kind of a citrusy kind of cologne, if that makes any sense. A citrusy Calogne? cologne? But that kind of faded away pretty quickly okay, after I actually yeah. lit the bowl up. And yeah. then the finish is more of like a dark kind of plum peel, slightly mm-hmm. bitter with, um... Kind of like a pine cone,
0: a pine cone kind of a thing. Yeah, like I mean, you know, I can, like the, I, can, I, I, I can appreciate I, that call there.
2: Like, do you know, like Christmas time, like those cinnamon pine cones? It's like I'm, that.
3: I don't know if I'd go cinnamon pine. Wait, it,
2: it's like those festive pine cones. It's like mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. Like it's like that maple sweet little cinnamon pine cone. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I get more of the I can I can pick up more of the. The mapley kind of things. When I smoke this with the Buffalo Trace, the Buffalo Trace almost seems to have a kind of a mapley kind of note to it as I smoke as I smoke this particular pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. Dave, how would you compare this to some of the other tobaccos that you Virginias that you've had? And, and you know, is this you've already said it was different? Yeah, but is it a compared to other things is it a good difference a bad difference to, to me
3: it's a good difference um you know i'm not i'm not used to uh i usually like when i go after a virginia you know i'm when expecting go after to get virginia? yeah i'm usually <laughs> i'm usually looking for like the stone fruits or the the uh um the the figs and and you know like you know, the stone fruit uh stuff like that mm-hmm. and this is like not that to me. It's more more lemony, more of like, you know, that pine coney um pine coney well, or like, you know, in a, in a sweet in its own in its own smoky right. But you know,
0: <laughs> sweet in its own, own smoky, smoky right.
1: right.
0: <laughs> How do you think it goes uh pat with the uh, buffalo trace?
3: Wow, that's very interesting.
2: I think the um <laughs> Again, that kind of like calm vanilla is coming out in the pipe tobacco, and I think like also like that barrel finish is kind of lingering mm. on the palate through the pipe tobacco as well. So it adds kind of like a woody note to it. Then it also brings out kind of like this kind of hay musique to it as well in the finish.
0: I almost think it brings out a little bit of tartness in the uh, buffalo trays, not in an unpleasant way, but I I, I do think it kind of gets a little tart.
2: To me, that tartness is like. I think the lemon note mm-hmm. from the pipe tobacco is going. It's staying on the palate when you take a drink. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like mingling of the spice, and it's kind of like a lemon pepper kind of spice. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's the tartness you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, 100. I
0: smell that in here yeah. lemon pepper. It's like a
3: lemon pepper caramel. I don't know. Lemon it's
0: pepper like it takes
2: caramel. the sweetness from the drink, puts in the pipe tobacco, then it makes the drink itself a little bit more like citrusy and spicy.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. How mm. do you like it compared to other Virginias that you've had, Pat?
1: Hmm. 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 I think
2: for the season, this is probably like what I would consider like a fall, a kind of smoke. Yeah. Like it has like those. I'll say like those like fally kind of rich. Like,
1: savory. Yeah, like
2: darker flavors. Like you get like that maple. There's some lemon in there. Like the figs, the anise. Mm -hmm. It's a
3: savory smoke to me. Like I'm salivating. Like this is. (laughs) Uh,
0: Is it safe, Dave?
1: Hmm.
3: Is it? Is it safe? Is Is it safe? Yes. Yes. uh, Salivating
0: over there. Yes.
3: Uh, Hopefully, we'll see. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yeah. Um well, speaking of seasonal stuff that's a, that's a great segue to the the kind of topic I wanted to focus on uh this second half of the show while we're smoking through the tobacco here um, a number of different pipe makers out there come out with seasonal offerings um, Fourth generation comes out with a father 's Day pipe, for instance um and what i really want to focus on uh in this instance is two brands that we carry peterson and savinelli both of which come out with a holiday pipe a christmas pipe savinelli's is the saint nicholas and uh i believe dave's going to put up a picture here of the saint nicholas pipes from
3: the savinelli
0: yep the savinelli
3: okay and um,
0: you can put those up okay so those are the uh Savinelli's Christmas pipe. I've already gotten one of those. It's like this nice kind of candied red stem, green and silver accents, and then kind of a dark red um um uh, stem dye on the on the rusticated on the rusticated pipe. It's very it's very seasonal, very Christmassy. Uh Peterson did something a little bit more um subdued they came out with their and they actually call them the christmas pipes christmas pipes for this year are uh dark brown with uh, copper stems and i mean copper stems copper accents mm-hmm. uh and some of them are um spigots and if they are a spigot type of pipe they the uh, spigot section of the pipe is also copper which is very cool very festive i don't know that it's christmasy but i kind of get it they've spiced up these they're more popular sizes that way but here and they're they're both very good here's my question though the christmas pipes are already out they've been out for a month mm-hmm. already and the one thing I had people asking me for was, why are the Christmas pipes out? Where are the Halloween pipes? And I was like, well, I don't know that that people are making Halloween pipes or Thanksgiving pipes or other fall holiday pipes. Uh, and then I found that uh, um, Peterson was making a Halloween pipe, and it was only available over in Europe on their european sites and then today i got an email from uh our our great friend kaz saying that the the peterson halloween pipes and you can put those up dave they're the halloween pipes uh were going to be landing real soon they're they're hitting the market next week and he wanted to know if i wanted any and i said sure send me a few i I've, I've had people asking for them so i'm sure they'll probably sell and they're nice you know kind of a black uh, what they're calling a leather blast with a orange um uh, lucite stems they mm-hmm. look really cool um very halloweeny and yet at the same time very kind of fallish i mean they're not mm-hmm. like evil looking but i mean Uh,
3: So Nording should do like a Halloween pipe. So,
0: so, you know, you've got the Dracula pipes already. You've got the Jekyll and Hyde pipes. I mean, I didn't know, you know, why do we need Halloween pipes? They're already making monster pipes, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but the question here is, why were the Halloween pipes released a month after the Christmas pipes, which came out four months before Christmas? And so... I I I guess I have two questions for you guys. Okay. And Pat, I know you're not the pipe person that we all are, although you are smoking last year's Saint Nicholas pipe from Savinelli. Mm-hmm. That's the twenty twenty one Savinelli Saint Nicholas uh, uh, pipe, and that was what you really thought was cool was that was that particular kind of thing. Um, so you know, maybe you can speak to this more than, than maybe I think, you know, a, is there really a interest in these kind of seasonal yearly release pipes? Do you need a special pipe for Christmas? Do you need a special pipe for Halloween? That's like color themed that way. And, you know, so that's one question. And then the second question would be, what do we think about the Christmas pipes coming out before the Halloween pipes, and this second question is kind of big to me because I think Christmas comes out earlier and earlier every year. Mm-hmm. You're, you're already going into the stores. they well, you, have already got Christmas in July. You've so already got like you've thing. already got Christmas trees and Christmas decorations all set up. The pipe companies are doing this, but it it, it it so how early is too early for pipes? I mean, wouldn't these sell better if they came out like in November? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm opening it up to you people. What do you think?
3: I think that Christmas pipes were released early because money. Christmas makes a lot of money in America. Mm -hmm. And uh, Halloween, not so much.
1: Not so much much money?
3: Not so much, yeah. You know? Don't you that's, think you could make just
0: as much money if if you brought them out like at the end of October instead of the end of August? I think I
3: think I think they got guys that think about that, and we're seeing it happen. So obviously, there's the answers. they think they can? Uh, they, there's definitely a merit to it. Now, now the other thing about the other thing about pipes, as and you know this, <laughs> is that when you get a pipe smoker that comes into the store,
1: mm-hmm.
3: he ain't there for five minutes. Yeah, you know they take a while. So if someone eyes a pipe, it probably might take till November till them to buy it. <laughs> so I think that's the other reason why they ship early. Mm-hmm. But
0: what are your thoughts on that, Patrick?
2: Well, just to combat Dave's point, why would they not release the Halloween pipes earlier if they're going to eye it then buy it in October?
3: There lies the error in my logic. Yeah.
2: So I guess me tackling the question. But have we ever
3: had a Halloween pipe here before?
0: No, this is the first time. This is the first time I've never heard
3: of a Halloween pipes. Halloween pipes.
0: Now again, I haven't really looked for them because we've got. That being said, when did we get the
3: Dracula's in? We got the Dracula's in before the Christmases.
0: Well, the Dracula's is a a regular series. Yeah. The Jekyll and Hyde is a regular series. Which come out way before. It's not seasonal. It's available any time of year, anytime you want it. But you got monster pipes. Mm -hmm. So why do you need Halloween pipes? You got monster pipes, but to, to peterson's Money. credit i had people saying how come there aren't halloween pipes and then lo and behold here come the halloween pipes
3: yep. thank you google for listening yeah <laughs> probably come it comes down, dude.
2: so to answer your first question i'll pose another question mm. so how you,
0: womanly of you. <laughs> you you have
2: two pipes in front of you oh one's a saint nicholas pipe and what's the that one
0: this particular yeah, pipe? The blue the, one this is the uh savonely eleganza so why did you i only have one pipe mm-hmm.
2: why do you have two pipes
0: <laughs> i can't answer that question because i have like 30 <laughs> yeah, but, well, why, why do you have 30 I have like 15 why do you I mean. have 30
2: different pipes if you only need one pipe to smoke pipe
0: tobacco you don't we need 13 <laughs> it's it's you know that there are two things if you really get into you really don't you, For people who are looking to get into pipes, you you can be like Pat. You can only have one pipe and enjoy a pipe every once in a while. I'm asking about you, though. That's what you want to do. If you're going to be like myself and be getting more into it, Mm. um, and one of the reasons I've gotten more into it is because I'm running the pipe section here at Twins is kind of like the way different ring gauges and Vitolas affect how a particular blend of tobacco performs, mm-hmm. the geometry of the bowl and the length of the stem affects how a blend of tobacco performs. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: your pipe is your Vitola. If
0: you smoke this tobacco in this pipe, this Peterson flake in this, it's going to perform differently... Then if you have it in a smaller, shorter bowl like this, this seven-elli here, or it's gonna fo- it's gonna smoke differently in Dave's. Um, so it's gonna
3: focus the flavors of the tobacco differently. You're not. So gonna I get... guess
2: going back to my question though, because that's not quite what I was trying to get at. Like when I bought this pipe, you told me this was your favorite size of a pipe. Yeah, at it least is. at that point. Mm-hmm. How many of these kinds of pipes do you have?
0: I have like uh, four, or five. Why?
2: Because it's
3: not well,
0: good. Because to come up one what's
3: right different after about another. each one of them?
0: The the thing that's different is the is the the color scheme and how it looks. So, so that's so, the answer
2: to the first question. Is you collect pipes. Mm-hmm. So when there's limited pipes, the collector is which I would say a lot of your pipe clubs collectors. Now
1: I
0: do have to I do have to admit I am a sucker for some things. Um, we had we recently had a a big. Um, Savinelli slash Peterson pipe show, and one of the pipes that we had we had four or five different versions of it at the show. We were very fortunate. Uh, was the uh Peterson uh, 2020 U pipe of the year, which was um, they only made 900 something 925 pipes, I think, and it was a particular pipe that hadn't been made for 70 years. and it was also the favorite pipe of uh, Mark Twain, and so when you hear that here is a pipe that is made to the exact specifications of the pipe bought by Mark Twain, it hasn't been around in 70 years. We only made 900 of them, and here are five. I I had to have one. I I, I had to I had to buy it because of that. There was that collector kind of aspect of things why did i get this fourth generation uh i am corona lighter i already had three other caribi pipe lighters why did i get this because it was one of 200 and i like eric stokeby i like i am corona i loved how this looked but i spent the money because this was a limited thing to say that you had a limited thing so there is there is that aspect to it if you so. if you're into if you get into pipe smoking inevitably one of the things aspects of it that you get into is this idea of collecting mm-hmm. and so these i i know people who collect every year they get the same shape in in the christmas pipe or the saint nicholas pipe and they have a collection of things going forward
3: we have a very serious question from sean He's never seen Pat drink. He wants to know how he evaluates the pairing.
2: I, I've been drinking.
1: <laughs>
2: I would say if Sean was tentative in his thoughts and listening, he would have heard me mention the pairing yeah, 15 minutes ago. but mentioning
0: the pairing and, and tasting the pairing are two different things, don't you think?
2: I remember we talked about lemon pepper mm-hmm. and your tartness. We, we've been through that.
0: Why don't you just prove them wrong and, and, and take a look sippy Mississippi? <laughs>
2: I'm not gonna bend over drink. for Sean. <laughs> also drink what I want. uh
3: he also says interesting comment on how tobacco smokes different in various pipes. What are some examples of what changes? So I can I can speak to this too. Yeah. Um like for me, uh like with Virginia's, uh if I smoke out of a um a wider bowl like that versus something narrow and, and tall like mine, uh, the sweetness goes down and you get more of the wood tones out of it. Um, where, you know, like something as more of a sweeter tobacco, you'll get more of the, in my experience, you'll get more of the sweetness with the tall and narrow bowl versus something wide. Wide bowls for me are something I smoke Englishes out of because that focuses on like maybe like the the blander taste, the umami taste, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dan? No.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Typically, um, <clears throat> English blends, which have more latakia in it, which is a real strong kind of smoky thing, they, they tend to you tend to get more flavor of them when it is a, a wider burn area going down into the bowl. With a Virginia blend tobacco, you tend to get more flavor when it's a smaller concentration and heat is basically forced down the bowl. Um, you also find that, that, uh, different shapes of pipes, um, you know, can, you know, will, will perform, you know, with a tobacco that you like in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up having pipes that you generally like to smoke well, this tobacco just that in, up. Yeah. Yeah. um, for instance, everybody knows who, what's your Cumberland pipe. Who knows me that Cumberland is one of my favorite yep. pipe tobaccos. I've been smoking Cumberland since it came out, which is over twenty years. I'm almost never without a tin of Cumberland in my pipe bag, and um, I have a a, a moonshine devilance pipe that really the the shape of the, the egg shape of the bowl and i think that the fact that it's a nose warmer it's a very short stem it's it's not even four inches long the way that the the hot the heat of the smoke and the the way the bowl is shaped just burns that in such a way that you get the best flavor out of it for my palate that i like Mm -hmm. if i smoke it out of this pipe it's not as intense
3: Mm mm-hmm yep so generally with an inch of stem you're cooling it by like what what is it two degrees one Mm -hmm. degree two degrees yeah yeah so the longer the stem the cooler it gets uh which also can lead to like maybe a little bit of a flavor loss depending i mean but it it also depends let's say different flavors different flavors different
0: flavors i mean it's it's uh, the way i explain the whole like say church warden versus a regular sized pipe or a nose warmer size pipe that's even shorter than this is it is the equivalent of smoking a smoking drinking a drinking a beer at room temperature versus drinking one that's been in the fridge you know when you drink a beer at room temperature it's going to taste different analogy then analogy if you drink it right out of the fridge, it's that kind of a thing, you know? And, and so as the smoke cools, it's going to change how it is perceived on your palate. Mm-hmm. And so having those different ways of enjoying the tobacco, trying the tobacco, appreciating the tobacco, helps you understand the tobacco and its nuances better. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, smoking a a Robusto and a Corona and a... <clears throat> gordo or a gaga as kurt would call it is gonna make the same type of blend taste different depending on the size of the cigar Hmm. excellent so excellent but what do you think pat about uh halloween pipes coming out a month after the christmas pipes have come out
2: i just think like if you're manufacturing and you're gonna allot certain Capacities to producing something. I think that you know, people are more opt to purchase something in the Christmas season than Halloween mm-hmm. because you know whether it's because people are getting money for gifts or people need because you, everyone buys stuff for Christmas for whatever reason. You know, Halloween's not really known to be a, um, like purchasing gifts holiday, right? It's candy and you know dressing up and everything getting drunk right so that that's halloween so i think that christmas you put them out earlier because you know that they're going to sell you know yeah. whether someone buys them earlier or it goes up to the holidays it's you know they, they're more likely to sell and then the halloween pipes have a spot because again collector is like the small amount that you put out mm-hmm. around that season you know halloween's when you're expecting to see halloween pipes so you know, that kind of small amount that's released in that one time for Halloween is going to get bought from the collectors. And then Christmas, obviously, is more of a market for people to actually purchase it for a gift.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in the irony of ironies, one of the things that we do every year at Twins, I think this will be the third or fourth year we've done it, is we have a Savinelli Christmas party. So second Saturday of the month, I think it's the 12th of December, there's going to be a big Savinelli event and typically what i tried to do was i would not bring in the christmas pipes until the christmas party with savinelli so that you bought the christmas pipes during the christmas season you know at the shop but it it always backfired on me i don't do this i don't hold off anymore because by the time we got to the christmas party they'd sold out of the christmas pipes Mm. so it didn't work you know, it wasn't like they could save a bunch. They're not going to just, you know, put 20 pipes aside for twins and just not sell them until. Well,
3: well maybe, maybe if you maybe ask. I should, maybe <laughs> I should ask. You should ask. But,
0: <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's not generally how it works. So the Christmas pipes are, are generally a one-run thing, and they're usually gone by Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. at least as far as my ability to order, you know. Huh? You have two left. You have two left. Yeah, and I I ordered a whole set, of seven LA's Christmas pipes, Mm. and uh, there are only two left. Yeah, we're down. I think we're down to three. Mm -hmm. We just got uh, um, Peterson's uh, Christmas pipes in, and we've already sold several of those. They haven't even been on the shelf for a week, so they're all they're all moving. It's not like they're all going to hang around. They'll all be gone by Christmas time. That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. But to, to your point, too, Pat, I mean, I got, you know, com- compared to the number of Christmas pipes I got, uh, you know, it was a fraction of that for Halloween because, you know, I, I don't know how big the, the number is for, for people buying a Halloween pipe. You know, Peterson also does a, a St. Patrick's Day pipe, and it, it seems to be like hit or miss with that. Some years those pipes just fly off the shelf, and other times they'll, they'll you know, they just don't go for whatever reason. So I kind of split the difference and was more conservative with the Halloween pipes that I'm breaking in. You're all hmm. pumped about that, aren't you? Hmm. Totally pumped about a Halloween pipe.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: You're going to get Static. one. Static. No. no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um... It's a lot of pipe cleaners, Dan. It is a lot of pipe cleaners. Um, What do you guys think? Uh Are you thinking the the cigar pairing was better or the uh, pipe pairing?
3: Ooh, that's actually a tough one for me. to I'd say the cigar.
0: They're both very good.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, they both worked really well. I think the cigar, just because it... Just the nature of the... The way the Rojas was blended, I think it Mm -hmm. really was comparable with the Buffalo Trace. I think it really... It brought out the San Andreas more, which the cigar already does on its own, but it just Mm -hmm. brought it even Mm -hmm. more forward than without
0: the drink. It really made the cigar fantastic, yeah. Dave, what about you?
3: I'm on the fence with this one, and it's literally just because I've never had this tobacco before, and I'm not, you know, I've just... uh, i'm I'm just really enjoying it a lot mm-hmm. um, i suppose I suppose I'd have to choose a cigar though
0: I would choose a cigar because I think the cigar kind of brought out some really neat things with the bourbon and the bourbon brought out more of what you loved about the cigar. I think the pipe tobacco really impacted the buffalo trace, but I don't know that it went the other way around.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know if you can agree with that or not. Not having really had anything to drink the whole time, but would you? What would you say to that?
2: I drank it. I, I think the cigar was on top because the cigar didn't really take anything away from the drink. Didn't really add anything to it. But the drink and like, the vanilla and caramel oh. came from the drink to the cigar, mm-hmm. and then on the pipe, the tobacco added like that kind of like lemon pepper note to the bourbon, mm-hmm. which some people might like, but personally, I, I wasn't. Like. I like. Yeah, I wasn't like too too keen on it.
0: Do you not like lemon pepper?
2: No, it's not that I don't like it. I just again, I like Buffalo Trace, so I like it for how balanced it is for the price. So I think mm-hmm. when you add kind of like that spicy kind of lemon pepper to it, you know, I think it kind of takes away a little bit from why
0: I lean towards Buffalo Trace. What do you guys think about Buffalo Trace? Having had it now, is it is this worth the look? Is this worth all the effort?
3: It's definitely worth twenty seven dollars.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's very true. It's a, it's
3: a very it's a good, fantastic it's very bourbon good for the
0: price. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it, and it, you it, could it. you could buy a bottle and then sell it for four hundred bucks online, I guess, or something like that. I mean, but I mean, is that? I don't understand that, but I'm not a bourbon guy, so I'm willing to be schooled in that area, Pat.
2: Yeah, I mean, the reason why it's big is. I'd say cult followings because of Blanton's, everything from that distillery. It's just mm-hmm. people want it now. But, yeah, you look at, like, an under $30 bottle. You can't go wrong with it. So I think whenever people see that it's there, since it's so cheap, they don't often just buy one. So right. it just typically just clears the shelf out, you know, and then you're at the mercy of when the next shipment comes in.
0: Would you say it's as good as some 40 or 50 or $60 bottles that you've had? Yeah, I Not I better. Would.
2: Yeah, it's, again... To me, it's like honestly, like even like Eagle Rare is. Mm-hmm. I think it's like $35, 40 bucks a bottle. I think Buffalo Trace is better than Eagle Rare, you know, but that's supposedly the higher kind of line, mm. and it's from the same distillery. But I still mm-hmm. think, for whatever reason, Buffalo Trace is just a little. I think more it's balanced. better than
3: Four Roses.
0: I would definitely say that. Yep. Okay. Uh, final thoughts here on the pipe tobacco, guys. Pat.
2: It was good. I liked the it was good. again. It's very it was good. like going into the season. It's getting a little bit colder out. You get like those kind of like nice, like rich kind of fall type aromas from it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's you know I think if I was smoking it in the summer, I think the um the red flake we had would be mm-hmm. more of like or even the sun bear is more of like that summery kind yeah, of vibe true. like mm-hmm. out when it's you know hot out, 9 degrees out. Mm-hmm. But I think now that it's kind of cooling outside a bit, I think that having more of like a richer kind of fall kind of smoke is good so I was a fan of it
0: Dave
2: I'm a big
3: fan of it just because the uh um the difference of uh of the virginia leaf that I'm getting mm-hmm. versus like uh what I'm used to like the the sweet stone fruits and stuff like that and this one's like more more savory uh a little salty you know it's absolutely like totally different from what I'm used to from a straight Virginia with nothing on it. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm intoxicated by it. I love it. All
1: right. All
0: yeah, right. Very That's good. Very good. Uh, next week on not just blowing smoke, we're going to be doing the, Fer- if you timeless, limited edition cigar, mm. which uh, came out this summer and, uh, something new to twins from God with Hogarth. We're going to Ooh. be doing their dark flake unscented. Ooh. It is a, uh, uh dark flake <laughs> that is <on laughs> made subject. of uh, mm. virginia and uh dark fire kentucky Ooh. from several different countries so we're kind of gonna that go from a nice medium bodied cigar to a very full-bodied uh tobacco kind of powerhouse so next week should be um very very good as well thanks for being with us today and uh don't miss next week we're gonna be waiting for you and that's not just blunt smoke You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is not just blowing smoke.
1: Rolling with the top down, hoping on a fat cigar.